Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with stars, creators, and industry leaders on Broadway and beyond. I'm Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to Greg Mosgala and Carrie Young, two actors now on Broadway in the Manhattan Theater Club production of Martina Mayok's Pulitzer Prize-winning play, Cost of Living. Mosgala, also a dancer and a disability advocate, has appeared in shows including Teenage Dick and Shakespeare in the Park's recent Richard III, while Young was Tony-nominated last season for her Broadway debut in the Lynn Nottage comedy, Clyde's. In Cost of Living, Mosgala plays John, a wealthy graduate student with cerebral palsy. It's a role that the actor, who also has cerebral palsy, originated in three previous productions of the play. In the Broadway staging, Young plays Jess, the young woman John hires to be his caregiver. The two are now in the virtual studio with me to talk intimacy, connection, and making sure the water's warm when you're showering on stage. Hi, Karen, Greg. Thanks for joining me. So great to be here. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you for having us, Gordon. I, I wonder if we could start by just talking a bit about how each of you got involved in this show. First of all, Greg, you've been in, involved in Cost of Living pretty much since the beginning, it seems like. How and when did you first uh, become attached? Well, the play started um, as two one-acts, essentially, the Eddie and Ani stories and the Jess and John stories. And um, so I was in the um, Jess and John uh, one act. It was originally called uh, John, who just moved here from Cambridge. And it was presented at Ensemble Studio Theater as part of their uh, monthly brunch series, where they have this boozy bacon and pancake brunch, you know, where they present a series of one acts. So it was in, um, so we did it there, you know, mm. with like a chair, a cup and a bucket. And, right. <laughs> you know, you could tell right away, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. It was gangbusters even then. Um, and then I've just been involved through the development process, you know, through um, all the different iterations and productions. And what a what a great uh, uh, journey and, and gift as an actor to see something from, yeah, as you said, pretty much inception all the way to where we are now. Right. Um, and so you did the, the show. Yeah, exactly. So you did the show <laughs> at EST and then it was at Williamstown and then it was off Broadway in MTC production. Um, and then so, Kara, you you're new as of this production. Tell me about when you got involved. Um, I auditioned for it and <laughs> I had my callback with Greg and <laughs> the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, the, the callback was really just a formality. <laughs> <You know? laughs> In my mind, I'll say. Yeah. Um, for both of you, how do you, what do you remember about really responding to in your uh, roles? Like, what did you feel like you, you really connected with? Um, Greg, I guess let's start with you since you first connected with the role. Sure. Uh, well, so I was born with cerebral palsy, which is what John, uh, the character, is dealing with. He has a much more um, severe uh, case. Um, so, and, you know, it's very rare that you see a disabled representation uh, in theater, film, and television, uh, particularly done so well, um, so thoughtfully, and done so thoughtfully and uh, 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 compassionately. Um, and so that was really uh, appealing to me. Um, you know, Martina had crafted a real human 
you know, um, on the page and the fact that I was going to have a chance to embody that. Um, and the fact that I could bring my full lived experience to a character, which is something that I often grapple with, um, in, in roles that aren't necessarily, um, disabled, etc., is, was a real, real, um, really appealing. I was really drawn to that, um, beyond just the brilliance of Martina's, um, you know, writing. Uh, it was really like this incredible human story that was, I was drawn in by. Yeah. Can you expand a little bit more on what you look for in terms of thoughtful representation? Like what is often missing and what you feel like this achieves? Sure. Well, I think there are three kind of pervasive narratives around disability in popular culture. Um, they're overcoming adversity, being a font of inspiration, or dying with dignity. And oftentimes those characters don't have a lot of agency or voice. Um, so I feel like this play really counters that or challenges that because um, you're presenting a, a full human being who's in the daily struggle for their life and you know, who isn't necessarily you know, perfect. Um, um, and he's in relationship to other people in the world, particularly in this play, you know, Jess, um, played by Kara. So it's, I feel like there's a, you, you get a sense of a real human integrated into the world, dealing with what they're dealing with. Um, and it comes up when it comes up and then they just like anybody else, you know, he's just living his life, trying to get by through the world. And that was, again, that alone in 2022 is kind of a radical experimental act. Um, so I think that's why for me, and I think even early on in this preview process, I feel audiences are really responding to, to that. Yeah. And then Carol, what did you, what do you remember really connecting with uh, in your part? Uh, I, I remember, I remember connecting with the play. Like when I first read the play, I felt uh, there were moments where like I had full, like I, the, the amount of like the frequency of emotions just kind of went through my body and it's like the whole, the whole spectrum of what you can feel. Um, particularly, I, I mean, I knew I was going in for Jess, so I had like a different light bulb on that story. Um, but you know, the first generation American experience is, is, you know, could be very universal at times and, uh, what hard work means, um, and what survival means and, uh, what it, what it means to, to feel like you have a great responsibility to take care of your own in a way, um, and that it really does fall on your shoulders to uplift and, and continue legacy in some kind of way. And, um, Jess's story and also just, you know, the, the story of survival, you know, it, I, I've found that in a lot of the characters that I've had the honor of playing, uh, the honor of stepping into the, these roles, they are incredibly resilient women who are, you know, moment to moment, day to day, surviving as best as they could, you know, with, with dignity. And, and sometimes, sometimes pride is at the, the very, the very last thought, but they, they push forward. Um, so I think Jess's story, 
Uh, and I'm still, and every single day I'm finding, you know, new, new um, stories around Jess's story uh, to, to fill her. And, and I'm going to be doing that to the very end of trying to honor this person, this very real person that represents a lot of us first-gen Americans in this country who, you know, the, the immigrant story doesn't, is almost like a story of no reward. And I feel like, you know, justice definitely embodies that, 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 those worlds, like, you know, we do hard work with often no reward, mm -hmm. no acknowledgement of the hard work and the labor that goes down. Yeah. I would say what? the play is also incredibly funny. You know, Martina's <laughs> yeah. humor like sings through. And even in our sort of like uh, author's note, you know, the, uh, in the script, she says there's no room for sentimentality in this play, but there is room for humor. And I think that's mm -hmm. what's so great. Like the, the laughter between the characters and, and you know, fr from the audience is just, there's a ton of it. You know, even though we're, the play is dealing with these heavy subjects, you know, there's something like, there's so much humor, there's so much heart, you know, in this play. And that, that was immediate from, from first read, like jumping off the page is also really exciting. The play is structured really interestingly. Greg, you mentioned that it started as two separate one acts and you can sort of see that in the way the show moves along. It's like these two parallel stories in a way, the story between John and Jess, which is the story you two are telling on stage. And then uh, the other story with two other actors and they sort of only uh, intersect at the very end. What do you feel like John and Jess's your arc is about and how do you feel like it contributes to what the play overall uh, is about for you? I think the difference between Eddie and Annie are a married couple, right? But they're, they're strange. They're separating. They've been brought together through circumstance because of uh, Annie's car accident, which has left mm -hmm. her uh, uh, a quadriplegic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Jess and John are meeting for the first time. They're new. It's almost like there's this kind of first date quality to their their relationship, and they have to figure how to work together. They have to build this not only like a a, a verbal vocabulary, but also a physical vocabulary, mm. right? Based on John's needs and and that care relationship. Um, so, and I think that the care relationship runs throughout the play. Um, I think through through both stories uh, hugely, um, and I think there are all these echoes um, in the scenes. Um, you know, words like basics and um, please, and you know, there are just these little things that that Martina has sort of expertly threaded through. It's just echoes from uh, from the various couples, right? That, as you said, don't intersect to the end. And I think that's. I think it's the. You know, it's the, what runs through is the universal need for human connection and for inter, interdependency. I think that is what, that, again, that's what makes the play so relatable, I think, and so powerful is that, like, anybody watching the audience, anybody, I think all of us on stage, even embodying these characters, understand what that is because we're all human, we're all flesh and blood. You know, we've all had people in our life deal with illness, deal with pain, deal with death, deal with trauma. In varying degrees so we get to bring all of that you know to bear um in in sharing these in sharing this particular story night after night yeah 
And Kara, what about for you? What's the play about? Um, the play, the play is about many things for me. Uh, there's, there's so many different stories in, in this play that, that I particularly feel connected to, um, you know, and, and like the intersectionality between like the, the feelings of, of John and Jess of, uh, you know, there, there, there are many, like, there are many things, there are many commonalities in, in, in a lot, in a lot of ways. Um, I feel like the play is about like what it means to connect. Like what's that point of connection, you know, what it means for hearts to beat with each other as one, like to be, not to be so cliche about it. I feel like, again, the, the, this, this answer is going to evolve over time. <laughs> you know, I, 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 when the play's over, I'm going to be thinking about the play for forever. So, but right now I feel like there's this incredible, um, this, there's like this train to connection between Jess and John right now. Right. And, and even for Eddie and Ani, right. Because they, they, they're separated, but they've, they've been married, but they, they were separated when, when we first meet them. Um, and they're coming together again. And, and, uh, with Jess and John, this, this point of contact, this point of comfort, like, what does it mean to be comfortable and for it to get ripped away from you in a way, you know, like when we think things are what they, when we really believe things are what they are, are they really what they are? You know, like, it's just, you know, who, who like our judgments on each other, um, you know, how we, how we actually see each other, the masks that we do put up in order to step into a room and, uh, you know, what, what we're really going through on the outside, where we find solace, where we find, where we find um, joy, happiness, uh, what, what makes us tick. Like, literally, I, I guess I said it earlier, like the spectrum of emotion, the spectrum of what it means to be human and to, to, to want to connect with each other, to want to be with each other, you know, when, 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 when you actually can't think about survival, like both Jess and John need something very, very, very different, but at the same time, very similar. And what they actually end up needing or end up getting is a, is a, is a visceral, what it means to be two humans in a space together, what it means to actually need each other. You know, uh, like I think Eddie says something's like, he says something like you, People go after people when they when they really fucking need them, need them. Mm. And these two people really need each other right now and end up finding something else in their need for each other. What their, their, what their need is, mm. it ends up being completely different. Um, that was all over the place. But I feel like, <laughs> you know, like like this play it's it's a very it's a like you know you 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 know the thing you understand the thing and then like it's what I'm, what i've been finding is like it's a very living breathing mm. thing up there because it is about the the magic of of humans together you know it is it is that like at its core i'll have more with kara and greg right after the break And now, here's more with the actors Greg Mosgala and Carrie Young. 
There's a lot of intimacy in the scenes between you two, both emotional and physical. How did you go about rehearsing in a way that made you both feel comfortable? Like, was there an intimacy coordinator? How did you how did you work to get to a point in those scenes where you could, um, you know, do them comfortably every night? I almost want to give it to Greg, but we we didn't have an intimacy coordinator for this hmm. um, for this project, and I do think that there is a place for intimacy coordinators. Um, Greg Mosgala and I <laughs> were we we were just very communicative with each other, and I think it really starts at leadership. Uh, leadership really created a very safe space for us to be as honest and to honest and feel safe um, in a way that if anything that we said or felt we weren't going to be judged about anything because mm. we are who we are. And, and so that creating that, that safety with each other and also just an honest communication between me and Greg that we've built over time. <laughs> We're pretty honest with each other. You know, it's just, I think it, it evolved into, um, what what it means to really truly be intimate with the with with two people you know what that really means yeah mm -hmm. do you have anything to add yeah, i think i just um yeah it, the script calls for uh just to shave and shower john and you actually see those actions on stage and i think intimacy is a perfect word but there's it's intimacy without the sex right there's a huge amount of physical intimacy right um and i think in this particular iteration, you know, having done the show um, several times, you know, it's choreographed within an inch of its life. And so Kara is doing an amazing job uh, just managing all that. It's like juggling chainsaws on a tightrope, you know, <laughs> like just, I don't know, you know, just keeping all of those balls in all in the air. You know, uh, it's really, really incredible. Um, I mean, I just have to sit there, you know, and, and respond. Um, but it's so it's really, I mean, it's a really wonderful thing to see. And I think, um, and, and not an easy task in, in that process. But again, I think we, we operated with an assumption of competence and, you know, with a great deal of grace uh, and respect for, for each other, for the play, the process. And we carried that through. And yes, I, I, I would um, just co-sign what she said about, you know, leadership, Joe, Bonnie and Martina, um, our stage management team, you know, making sure that um, we were um, respected and appreciated and we were in a safe, brave space. Because um, there's a great deal of intimacy between Eddie and Ani too. And again, right. you just got to, again, that's that the demand of the story is is what it is. And I think that's 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 where this play really, really pops and crackles. Um, in those quiet moments, in those silent moments, in the intimacy between the bodies. Um, and I think so you have to, you just got to go there. Yeah. yeah. I found myself being very protective over Greg's body in a lot of ways. Uh, talking about intimacy, you know, like, I mean, I just found myself, I mean, I, Greg, I don't know if you saw that, like, during our rehearsal process, but I was just, like, very, like, no, but he's going to be cold, like, you know, like, <laughs> things of that nature. I was like, you know, like, no, I got to make sure that, you know, there's certain things that, you know, it was just really, I was just like, no, like, you know, so I, I still find myself that way. 
Totally. I mean, but I, you know, I had to, I had to also, um, you know, articulate what was actually going on with my body neurologically, you know, with CP and there was a lot of, you know, life mirroring art and, you know, this overlap Venn diagram between the characters and Kara and I, you know, and all of that stuff and just making sure we, that's, that's the journey of these two characters. See me, understand my body, you know, respect my body. So we don't have an, so there's, so because the very John is kind of in danger all the time, you know, he's, just because of his physical circumstances, you know. So yeah. there was a lot of that, you know, and it was, I wouldn't say it was never tense at times, you know, but we we uh, worked through it, and that that mirroring of of our conversations um, it was almost exactly what the characters were going through through the process, and that was that was the that was something I think quite quite magical. Yeah. I did spend some time the other night hoping that water was warm because it was a little chilly sitting out there in the house. And I thought, well, I don't want to take a shower right now. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, we have the best crew. We have like the best crew on Broadway. Uh, I might be a little biased, um, but you know, they are fantastic. I think the first, one of the first previews, uh, like they let the, it was too hot or something. And they told us they literally had a bucket brigade of people backstage, like pouring in cold water, yeah. right. Oh, to wow. keep it regulated. You know, we, I, we didn't know that was happening, you know, but like they are, they are on it. They are on it and they're, they're fantastic. And actually what's cool about the play is they, you know, there are four understudies, obviously two um, disabled understudies. Yeah. Um, uh, my understudy also has cerebral palsy and mm. um, um, Katie's understudy is uh paraplegic uh, mm-hmm. named Reagan Linton. And so they actually built, again, why we have the best crew, um, our uh, production manager, Celeste, they have built a dressing room on stage. For Reagan. Right? For Reagan. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. and it's like the nicest room. in the, you so know? cozy. He's <laughs> got a chandelier and a comfy chair and artwork. Yeah. You know? like, and they were all hanging out there the other day. All the understudies were just like chilling in there the other day. Yeah. I was like, I want to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> what's your sense of how well Kara had you seen this play before you okay no I never saw it I never read it until I read it Mm. and um I had only obviously like theater the theater community talks about the pieces that move them Mm. and I actually I feel like I had some kind of pseudo understanding of what the play was about Mm. but um, I had been hearing about cost of living for a very long time yeah. um, in the theater community. Uh, so, I mean, that was also obviously intriguing of like what moves people and and like what shifts consciousness in people um, is, is always something that's like going to spark something inside of me. Yeah. And so, Greg, tell us a little bit about how the play has changed and how in particular John has changed, the, the part you play has changed. Yeah, I mean, I would say the play hasn't changed hugely, right? Since, since the first presentation of the uh, full length uh, in Williamstown, uh, little things here and there, um, but um, I've changed. <laughs> you know, like I've grown up with this. You know, I feel like I've really grown up with this play, and you know, full disclosure, it's like there are a lot of obstacles to my participation in life. And in particularly this industry. So I feel like when I started, I, I was as green as grass in a lot of ways. So I have really learned how to kind of, 
I really had the great opportunity to learn my craft, you know, work with amazing people, you know. And so I just feel more confident, you know. I'm now, a, I'm a father now, you know, like my whole, just everything, my world is much larger than it was, you know, uh, w- when we started. Um, and I just have the fantastic privilege of working with the amazing Carrie Young. You know, there's just, a, you know, she said, you know, um, we're always going to be finding it. It's never, you know, people talk about previews and opening and, you know, and I'm like, that doesn't, I don't even know what that means, you know, because every night I still have to show up, be present and respond to what this beautiful, you know, actor is giving me every night. You know, I have to match her grace and power, you know, so I think that's, and that is really, really cool. You know, that is really fantastic. There's something I don't know what it is. This is my first time on Broadway. So I don't, I, I'm just kind of blown away by the response and, and the energy from, from the house every night. But I feel the, the mix, the alchemy between the four of us, there's something really special going on. Even though we don't have any scenes with, with David and Katie, you know, like we are a tight ensemble. We were joking last night at the stage door. Everyone's gone. You know, we're hanging out on 47th Street. Oh, really? Like like, just really? Talk, talking to each other, you know, because we just, I don't know, it just feels lovely. And this is a rare time, you know, there's no guarantee that this will happen again, or, you know, you never know what's going to work or what's going to be received or, you know, like, I don't know, my phone's not ringing, you know, it's like, okay, so I want, you know, like day to day, enjoy the time, enjoy the ride, because this is, you know, the show, like the big show on the Great White yeah. Way, you know, like, so this is, we're just, we're having a blast. We're working hard, you know, but um, I think we're, I I think, I don't know. I, I love that work, you know, Karen, I have to be told to go on break. We do. We're, we're, you know, we're both like, I just think <laughs> like, we're similar. Wait, wait, what? Wait, wait. Yeah, no, 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 no. We got to get this right. You Hold know, on, like, let's figure this out. No, no, no. We'll get there. Come on. You know, but I think we, we just are so, and that's what I love. I just think we have, um, I don't know. I think we're similar in a lot of ways just for as actors and, and you know, how, how we work and, and our, our, our attention and passion for the work um, and how we, how we dive into things. And I just, I, I love that. We just want to get up and do it. You know, it's like, just do it, just do it, find it, find it, find it, you know? And um, so, yeah, until, you know, and probably, I don't know. We'll know. We'll know if we ever like, that magical thing happens where suddenly you enter the matrix and like, you're just moving, you know, and like the, it's just happening to you, you know, mm-hmm. that, that amazing magical merge between yourself and character where the world opens up, but um, that's very rare. So every day we're, we're just, we're like digging in every night and it's, I say it's work, but it's a real, real pleasure, you know, every, every evening. Yeah. And there's like the collective, like, Everything you said is so beautiful, Greg. Um, the collective, like the fact that theater is it's really special and sacred and ancestral and spiritual. It's a spiritual experience. And there's something about um, Martina Mayoke is doing something like that on the page already, you know? There's something spiritual and ancestral and there, there, there's so much um, history 
on that page. And she does it in a way where, like, lifted, fully realized with all of the elements, sound, set, costume, actors, uh, being in the space of a theater, people sitting down for two hours, being with us in, in this world. There's like, to be in the theater in this time, to, make, to, to come out, uh, you know, and be with us for the two hours that, we're, that we've been working on for a month. Like, it, there's something really, there's an inexplicable something about that, right? Like, what we do and what we've decided to do with our lives and, and how we've all come together in community to share this very, this story. Greg, you're also a dancer and you're an advocate and you're an artistic director. How do you think about the work you do as an actor and, you know, in particular the work you're doing in this play as fitting into kind of the overall scope of your activities? Yeah. I mean, it's all on a continuum, I think, or they're all tributaries that I think feed into the same, hopefully the same source. Right. Um, again, uh, My, again, I would just go back to my, my body on stage, Katie's body on stage is a radical experimental act. You know, we have been, we are on the forefront of something. Like the fact that we are embodying these characters who have physical disabilities, again, for, for eons, you know, that was, the practice has been to cast non-disabled and disabled roles, right? That kind of erasure, that kind of symbolic annihilation is something that we have just been dealing with historically forever. Um, and even in this industry, it happens still to this day, you know, and there are a lot of issues, you know, related to that. So I, at the end of the day, I just, I want to work, you know, I want to get into a room and I want to make stuff with people, you know, I want to make good work with people. And so everything is, I think that may be reductive, but really that's, all, all the things you listed and all these different hats that I wear. I'm not the only actor, you know, has to do multiple things, right? It's taken on multiple roles, right? To make that happen. Um, I think my particular idiosyncrasies and my challenges while there overlaps, you know, are particular to my experience and the experience of members of my community. But at the end of the day, I just want to make work because plays are the currency with which we in the theater deal with. You know, dancers can go to the bar every day. Musicians can play their instrument every day. Painters and sculptors can paint every day, you know, or sculpt. Actors need an enterprise, right? And things, you know, a lot to occur before they can practice their craft in most cases, right? And that usually happens with the, with the script, you know, with the playwright. So it's, it's develop work, develop content, give people the opportunity to do that in, in plays that where they can show up as themselves, where there's a seamless kind of integration between uh, disability and character, or, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just really, in my mind, I, I was inspired by um, other communities, African-American communities, LGBTQ plus communities, Asian-American, you know, they had these, these culturally specific theaters where they developed their work, you know, uh, where they had spaces, you know, where they could build their talent, right? Hone their craft show up and be in community with one another. And eventually that proliferated through to the mainstream, right? And larger platforms of film and television and wherever we are today, you know? And I felt like I don't, I didn't, I never felt that. I didn't see that for my community, 
you know? So I was like, well, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> you know? So it's like, so, and I, but we are integrated with the disabled experience is an integrated experience, you know? So it's not about being separate. It's how are we, what are our stories? What are our histories? Who are our villains? Our role models are, you know, um, wh where do we come from? What is our individual and collective history and identity? And again, that's that's what theater has done. Again, it's in the storytelling, right? And bringing that to an audience and sharing that. And I think that's, I'm in awe of that power. And uh, Kara, this is your second show on Broadway. You made your Broadway debut last season and uh, you were nominated for a Tony for it. What, um, what, what tell me about that, what that attention has meant for you as now as you're back on Broadway and as you're sort of looking ahead. At, She's uh, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> She's impossible. Greg, Greg. You know, I don't want to sound clear. I don't want to sound like you know, it had, it's been one of, it's been such a, be it was a beautiful, it's a beautiful chaos. I feel the real prize is getting to really work with incredible people and incredible artists. And I feel like the prize is getting to do the show and getting to step into roles that are going to do something to people, right? I think though there's there's certain feel there's certain things that can be very fleeting, right? Like mm. the the sparkly things are and and no like very appreciated because they're so unexpected when it happened. That was such an unexpected thing, mm. um, because I I was really focused on the work, so it was very unexpected of what what that was. Um, and I feel like the 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 opportunity to delve into these worlds it, it requires so much of the artist to really to really go there and and I hope that I only hope that I serve the playwright and the director and the vision as best as I can, you know and that that is always right here for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that, sometimes I talk and I'm like, I don't know if, you, like Greg has read a lot of books and <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'm making any sense. You know? I just talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all, yeah. all, all appreciated and all beautiful, um, I can't believe I get to do this every day. That really, that really, I wake, I literally wake up and sometimes I'm in that theater and like, I'm like standing next to Greg. I'm like standing next to David Zayas and I just want to cry. I'm like, wait, what, what am I doing? And like, you're honoring the little girl in you, you know, you're like, oh my God, you're honoring your dreams. Like you followed through, you said yes, constantly to yourself and that, you know, yeah, it's all very magical. Yeah. Well, you're going to continue to be on stage every night with Greg um, through the run of The Cost of Living, and uh, we look forward to seeing what's next for you both after that. Um, thank you so much. Thank you both for talking to me. Gordon, thank you so much. Yeah, Gordon, a real pleasure. Thank you, thank you. 
That was the actors Greg Mosgala and Carrie Young of Cost of Living, now playing on Broadway at the Friedman Theatre. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theatre as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about StageCraft, or give us a shout-out on social media. Find past episodes and subscribe at all the pod purveyors, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. Until next episode, find me on Twitter at GCoxVariety. Thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.